0: Which is the Christmas story. We're going to read all 20 verses. And then throughout the month, we'll be thinking of different parts um, looking at the Christmas story. Today is the first day of I'll read. It. Well, we had a missionary coming on the 15th. And so then I changed my, my schedule. I was thinking of what day I and then here after I stick to it, um, I don't know that it could come after all, but we'll stick with the plan that we have now. But uh, that's all right. The more your former church will be doing that then. Luke chapter 2, we begin to read it in verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Cyrenius was, was governor of Syria, so all went to be registered, everyone in his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were completed be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for that in the end. Now there were, in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood over them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. And there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find an angel wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward men. So it was when the shepherds had gone away from them into heaven, the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, "Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the angel, which the Lord has made known to us, and they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a an manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary of all these things and pondered in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, as it was told. Lord, we ask that you would bless this portion of Scripture to our hearts and minds this day. As we gather together, Lord, to look into your word and give praise and honor to you. This Christmas season, so many things are familiar to us. Lord, help us in a new way, in a new sense, think of Christ coming to this world, coming as a babe, but also coming to be the sacrifice. To die on the rugged cross, a cruel cross, taking our place, that we too can have redemption from sin. Thank you for the desire that you placed in our hearts to seek your face, for the day that we knelt in an altar of prayer and confessed our sin and invited you into our hearts as Savior and Lord. Oh Lord, I pray today that there would be no one with the sound of my voice today that and not know Jesus as their Savior. So bless, we pray, as we share this time together. May you, Lord, receive all the praise, the honor, and the glory. We think of those that would like to be here that cannot for various reasons. We ask, Lord, that your presence would be with them a real way today. Minister to their hearts. And those, Lord, that today are grieving the loss of a one. Oh, I pray you'd be very near and close to them to encourage and comfort you. Help us together, Lord, as we live for you, that we would love one another as Christ has loved us and gave himself for us. In your precious and worthy name, we pray with thanksgiving in every one's name. Amen. 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 Yes, we've come through the thanksgiving season and the we're... Fast into the Christmas season, um, we think about Christmas, and there's many things that come to our mind. Certainly, we think of the Christ Child coming that first Christmas morning so long ago. Jesus is God's greatest gift to mankind, and we never forget that. The prophet Isaiah said, "For unto you a child is born, and unto us a son is given." Speaking of the prophet Isaiah, I notice as I came in the forehead back here, the banners of the four or five names of Christ, that's what I was preaching on that Sunday, so you make sure you look at those banners as you read today. Christmas is a time for giving, it's a time for receiving gifts, it's a time for fellowship, it's a time for expressing our love out of our hearts one to another. It's a time that it seems to me that all the world seems to smile a little, even with all the problems amidst its pain and heartache. I'm sure you heard the story that even during World War II, that history tells us soldiers from both sides laid down their weapons at Christmas Eve and came on the battlefield together and ate, enjoying peace on earth for just a few hours. And then went back to the positions again, fighting each other as enemies. Only we can see that Jesus Christ came into the world as the light of the world to bring peace to troubled hearts, to all that would call upon him and seek him. Friends, even though our world is so messed up today, problems seem to be everywhere. I'm glad that I can assure you that God has not saved us. He's not forgotten any one of us here this morning. He still loves us. You know the verse there in John 3.16. Say it with me. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And that's why Jesus came to give everlasting life to those that believe in him. And so I trust that this Christmas season would be a time of sharing the love of Christ with others. Share his love in any way and every way you can. Ask God to help you, to give you effective ways. Maybe it's a phone call. Maybe it's a, a visit over a cup of coffee. Or tea, whatever you like. Latte. I don't know. There's all kinds of things today. Uh, visit someone. Share with others. And ask the Lord this. Oh God. Please send revival across our land. A spiritual renewal. May that be the prayer in every one of our hearts. I believe God wants to come. He wants to change hearts to love him. There were children in a small Sunday school class. And the teacher had asked them that they would reenact the story of Jesus Christ. And she wanted them to come up with a script. She knew it was going to be interesting. And so she expected them to do their part. And soon there was three Marys, two Josephs, six Shepherds, two wise guys, and one boy who wanted to play the cow. (laughs) Well then another little lad spoke up. He said, I want to be the doctor that delivers the baby. And so the teacher agreed wondered what this was all going to be like. And so this little doctor he he walks back around the manger, picks up the little baby doll, and wraps it in a blanket. And then with a big smile on his face, he turns to the Marys, the Josephs, and the cow and said loudly, Congratulations! It's a God! You know, that little fellow had it pretty right, didn't he? More so than many older folk. The birth of Christ was an amazing experience of God coming down from heaven, taking on human form. Oh yes, we've heard many Christmas sermons over the years. i preach preached many. 27 years but today we want to just look at two thoughts the miracles that Mary pondered and then the message that God proclaimed to the world the miracles that Mary pondered in her heart you know as you read that verse there verse 19 but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart you know Luke was the one that wrote this gospel. And it almost would make you think that Luke sat down with Mary one day and they were sharing their thoughts and sharing Mary's experience. So many miracles happened that night. And she scored them up in her heart to remember memories and treasures. So what were some of the things that she may have pondered? Well, when we think about the journey that took place that night, there actually was three miraculous journeys. Each one came to fulfillment there in that little town of Buckland. Mary Joseph had just arrived after a long and dangerous journey. Tell us it's approximately 80 miles that they walked, or that Joseph walked the very road on a donkey. How many of you would be up to that? Especially if you were nine month pregnant, ladies. Oh, look, he'd like to try it. <laughs> that would have been a long journey, a long walk. Well, there was a census required by the law that the entire world would be taxed. And Joseph knew that he had to obey this rule and travel back to his hometown of birth. Even though he knew that Mary was having a child, could deliver anything. And so, after traveling these many, many days and finally arriving in Bethlehem, only then to find there was no place. In our way of thinking, you could say every hotel was filled, there was no vacancy signs, everywhere they looked. But actually, there was only one inn in that little town. And it indeed was full. Filled, no room. I remember hearing the story of a children's playground that was being put on. And the innkeeper, a little boy, said to Mary Joseph, I'm sorry, there's no room. And Mary Joseph looked so sad. He said, But you can have my room. That wasn't part of the script, but oh how fitting. Yesterday, Bethlehem is a large, busy city full of tourists. And it came to my mind in 2016, three years ago, I was there. My like twin brother and I were touring Israel. Oh, what precious, treasured memories I have now as we were there. And so Jesus was born. Now, the Bible does not distinctly tell you where the exact spot is in uh, Bethlehem we do believe it was in a stable where animals were bedded down for the night laying in a manger or a feeding trough now most nativity scenes that you see and I purchased one there in Bethlehem and there was a store we went into and they're handmade and oh my goodness I was blown away at the prices I ended up getting one I mean, little one I think I paid $50 for that one. Can you imagine what of the Indians would have cost? But they use a little wooden shack as a barn. And say, there, that's probably what it was. But you know something? If you've never been in Israel. You travel from Jerusalem down to Bethlehem. You don't see the luscious woods that we have here in Pennsylvania. It's barren desert. And you see some of the nomads. I don't know how they even exist. There's little places in the ravines. There's little shacks have some goats and what have you, a little bit of brush, a plant brush. But most, it's just nothing but sand and dirt and rock. And so there would not have been wood to build a bar. Most houses and buildings, even today, are made out of stone. And so that's what we feel so strongly that it was a cave. Uh, go to the church in the nativity, if you ever chance to be there. That's in Bethlehem. And according to to tradition, it was built over the cave where they believe that Jesus was born. It's interesting, you you come into this huge big church, and I'll explain in a few minutes, actually, three churches in one. But you go back along the hallway, and then you go down the stairs to the lower landing, and there, and there's lights, there's candles, it's very beautiful. And there's a spot over, sort of carved out of the rock. And there's a big gold star there. And some people lean down and kiss the star, and they think that's the spot. And over, little Father goes down in a little more, and they said that's how they kept the sheep. How they kept the sheep. It's a, a large church. Houses three different churches: Greek Orthodox. Arminian, apostolic, and Roman Catholic. And they each have their own section, but it's all one huge building. We'll share a little bit of history. I love history. I know you know, The original church was commissioned by Constantine the Great shortly after his mother, Helena, returned from traveling to the Holy Land. Now, history records the church being built around the year 330. Then in the year 529, all but 200 years later, it was mostly destroyed by fire during the Samaritan Revolt. Soon after that, the Byzantine emperor Justinian had rebuilt a much larger this time, which mostly remains today as it was built. In the year 614, the Persians overran the country, destroying all the churches. And they'll tell you this when you go through the church, that this is the only church that survived. you know why? There's beautiful mosaic paintings all around the church. And there was mosaic paintings that the people in there were dressed like Persians. So the Persians said, we can't destroy this church. And they honored that. And so it is now the oldest standing church in the world that they're still worshiping in. It was a painting of the Magi and they were wearing Persian clothing. Now, when we were there three years ago, they had scaffolding up and they were going to work in the main area you first came into, way up high in see them. And I just read this on the internet just the other day. The roof is now leaking, but three rival religions
1: cannot agree how they'll
0: share in the repairs. You know why? If one group spends more money than the other, then that means they have taken more ownership. So they're all squabbling who's going to pay the bill and how much. If nothing's done, it's going to go to ruin. Even the community, the government has stepped up and said, we will come in and, and work with you. And, and they're just, it's an awful mess. In fact, two years ago, fighting broke out how to clean a chandelier. you know why? The guy who was cleaning the chandelier moved the ladder, and he got the leg of the ladder off his line into the other church. And it broke into a fight. Oldest standing church in the world, and yet such discord I and mean, fighting—how sad! How sad! The place where Jesus is reported to have been born. Well, let's get back to our story. Mary and Joseph—they must have found shelter back in a limestone cave, staying behind the inn. Perhaps one of the things that Mary pondered that night was the trip there, having. Now, given birth to a baby in a cave, instead of a nice warm inn that you probably expected, she would have. The sounds of that start at night, Jesus was born. His infant cry was the first sound of God speaking through human flesh. As I said, the trip was 80 miles. But think of God. He sent Jesus down. He went many miles from heaven to earth. Well, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. I say, Praise the Lord. God, who controls the universe, willed that Jesus would come. So humbly for our sins. What a beautiful picture that is then. Yes, he could have had, and we would think, should have had a golden cradle. But God willed just a simple wooden manger, a feeding trough, if you please. And he did it for you and me. God quietly slipped into the world that day. Another journey Mary pondered that night was the arrival of the shepherds. Now just picture Mary who was exhausted from the trip, just had delivered a baby. Uh, I've never gone through that as you quite understand, but I was with my wife right after Joel was born. In fact, I was there as he was being born and I could see how much it takes out of a woman to go through that. And Mary just experienced that. Now we don't know the time frame, but Sometime after, they heard a noise. And here come these shagged-looking guys, these shepherds coming right where they were. I wonder what they thought. What is this? Why are they coming here to see us? She probably was so excited that she couldn't sleep, couldn't get the much needed rest. And so here's the noise. Here comes the shepherds. And the shepherds begin to relate to them the story of what they just experienced. The angels. And Mary said, angels? Oh, yes. Nine months ago, an angel visited with me. But they're saying the story when the angels told them that their that Christ child was going to be born and go into that land. and here's what you're going to see. And yes, they're, and they baby in a world just as the angels said. remembers again that her child is to be the Messiah. And I'm sure she's excited as they're sharing their experiences. But it can you say that it actually is confirmed in her heart that the angel had told her, it was nine months earlier. What a night it was! A day that changed the world. The world never be been same from that day forth. Three miracles their safe arrival in lamb. God coming down as a baby, and then the shepherds arriving to see this unique bird. And so what is the message that God proclaimed? His message that first came to these lowly shepherds out on the hill that night, tending their, their sheep. You see, it was out of their flocks that little lambs that were born would become the daily sacrifice in the time. These shepherds were actually outcasts of the religious society because they could not attend any of the temple activities. They were considered unclean and unacceptable. I find it pretty amazing that it's to that law that God came. And the angels brought the message. That would tell me that it doesn't matter who we are, what our background is, what we're involved in in life the message comes to all of us. There's hope for everyone. Praise the Lord. What if he had been born in Caesar's palace uh, in royalty? You'd almost know, say, well, I could never been in that. But no he came in the humble way to the poorest of people, so that any and all can come to Jesus. So wealth and fame doesn't matter, it's to whosoever will. The Lord will come. And then that message, do not be afraid. How would you react in the middle of the night you were out in your backyard, suddenly an angel appeared before you, floating above you? I think you'd be frightened, scared of to death on your wits. You know what I'm saying? You know, in reality, fear is one of the biggest problems we have. The fear of the unknown, fear of tomorrow. What if, what if, what if? What we can't fix and so forth. You know, God is giving every one of us a message this morning. Don't be afraid. Whatever happens to you, I'm not going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. You need that message today. I do.
1: This has been some
0: week that I went through. Started out with a colonoscopy. Oh, they're fun. <laughs> all Sunday afternoon and evening and all night long, you know how it goes. And Wednesday, I had to go for a biopsy of my prostate. Got had have one of those? The doctor said it's a piece of cake. It's a piece of cake in my experience. <laughs> he said, you can come in, you can drive home. My dear wife said, no, honey, I'm going with you, Paul. Thank you, sweetie. Because I got a headache, I was dizzy, what happened you you, I got out of there. And now I have an unexpected, waiting two weeks for these hours. Do we need hope in Christ? Yes, we do. And your preacher says pray for him. Whatever God's will is, I want to do that. Well, next God said to the angel, today a Savior, uh, through the angel, today a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. I'm glad he didn't say, today a Savior has been born to Mary. He said, he's been born to you. That means that he once us to have a personal relationship with Him. Amen. Amen. He invaded this earth as a fragile little baby. Become like us so that we could then relate to Him. John 14 the 114 says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He must to relate to humans as we are. It's like a little girl who was afraid of the dark one night called out to her daddy. Daddy, come, I'm scared. Oh, he said, just hug your teddy bear a little harder. No, daddy, I want someone with skin on. (laughs) Jesus put skin on so that he could die for us. So our greatest need was forgiveness so God became our Savior. One of the most beautiful names of the Lord Jesus is Emmanuel, which means God with us. I don't know what, the Mar- what Mary would have told the shepherds that time when they came to her. Maybe she said, oh well, well, you want to hold the baby? That's a lot of saying. But I do know that God is inviting one of us today to receive him, not only in arms, but in our hearts. And so, like shepherds, you've heard the good news today. And now God is simply inviting us one and all to come for Jesus, enter into his presence, receive his forgiveness. The shepherds were invited, they came and they found Jesus. They were so excited that verse 17 says, When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. That means they were the first evangelists. Going out into society. They couldn't keep quiet what they had seen and heard. Verse 18 says, And all that heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. Once you meet Jesus, you can never be the same. I remember so well Sister Holly. You call her Hallelujah, but I think it's That same, I was just a boy. But oh, that dear lady, what a testimony. What love for Jesus she had. But the morning after she was saved, went down her street and knocked on every door. Telling them what had happened. Some didn't want to hear it. Pushed the door in her face. Others said, oh, Al, you'll get over it just like anything else. But I remember her saying, well, praise God. It's been 30 years and never got over it yet. I can hardly wait to see how that. Recently, I I read the story of a missions team that went to Russia. I had the privilege of going to uh, Romania, but never to Russia. It was Christmas time, so the team was there, and they were sharing the story of Jesus. And surprisingly, many of the staff and children had never heard the story. And so they shared, and then they gave materials out so they could draw. They said, they said to the children, "Draw a manger." and what comes to your mind? Create something. So all went well until they came to the table where a little boy sat. His name was Misha. He looked to be about six years old. And he was finished. But to their surprise, in the name, there were two babies. And so they called an interpreter over and said, let, let the little boy explain what does he mean by this? And so he began, he sort of added the story as he recalled it. And then he said this When Mary laid the baby in the manger, Jesus looked at me and asked if I had a place to stay. And I said, No, I have no mama. I'm happy. So I don't have any place to stay. Then Jesus said, You can stay with me. And so I crawled in an angel with him. And then Jesus looked at me and said that I could stay with him forever. Putting his hands over his face. The little head dropped to the table. His shoulder shook. He saw, he saw. First time in a little young life he found someone who never him. Would abandon him or abuse him someone who he can stay with for. It's a touching story. And my friends, we all today have that invitation from Jesus. He says, come to me, all of you that are heavy, laid, weary, and burdened, and I will give you rest. He tells us that he loves us, and he wants to live with us forever. You have the invitation. Now the response is up to you. Worship him is coming and stand together.